0: Is this just
1: fantasy? 930 The Game presents The Fantasy Guy With Zach Rothrock Every game, every name Football talk that's good for your brain Strong opinions on every matchups every week To help you make winning DFS lineups that are unique Here's The Fantasy Guy Zach Rothrock What up? Come one, come all To the greatest fantasy show of them all I am Zach Rothrock, and this is the divisional round playoff edition of the Fantasy Guy. We started off last week, there was 12 teams, now we're down to eight. By Sunday night, it's going to be down to the Final Four. So, pretty much, we're going to be working with the same format as last week. Two Saturday games, two Sunday games. Uh, They're actually all relatively the same time slot. None of that that really matters for us. so yeah, same thing. We're gonna break it down like it's one big four game slate versus two two game slates. Even though you can play it that way, I probably will play it that way also. But it's just I don't. It's just too much back and forth. And I think things went relatively well as far as that went last week. I did do some kind of stupid things. I'm actually deeply sorry from the bottom of my heart to anyone that played DeAndre Carter. I, I knew with Kiki Coody coming back that it was totally within the realm of possibility that he uh, took a back seat in their offense and didn't see very many targets, they didn't get very much production, but the dude got zero points, zero catches. Uh, The Texans' offense was, uh, frankly, absolute doo-doo. So, I mean, yeah, if if they would have had a more productive outing, he probably would have had a more productive outing, and that call wouldn't have looked so awful. But as it was, it was a bad call. It felt bad, man, and I'm sorry for that. Luckily, this week... Or perhaps unluckily, depending on how you want to look at it. This week, most of the stud players, the big, the high-priced guys, pretty much everyone outside of Travis Kelsey has taken a price decrease this week. So you really don't need to look to force the lower-priced guys into your lineup, which, I mean, frankly, come playoff time, those guys are less viable options anyway. Because every play is amplified magnitude. Every play is more important. Every possession is more important. Every Everything is more important, man. If, if you don't win, there ain't no next week. So, I mean, your Ezekiel Elliott's, your Todd Gurley's, uh, Marlon Mack on the Colts is probably going to be the highest owned guy. Uh, you, you want to definitely lock in those guys as much as you can. And with the way the pricing is, you always kind of just pick either or instead of trying to find the value plays to work in the big guys. You just kind of say, okay, do I want to play Todd Gurley or Ezekiel Elliott? And then you just go from there. Um, it's just kind of a different way to look at it because the most expensive player is Ezekiel Elliott at 8200 whereas normally we see guys uh, well over the 9 k range, sometimes even up into 10 So, I mean, there's just not... People that you have to sacrifice and, and play, like, really cheap guys to pay up for a super expensive guy. It's just not going to happen, and it's going to be that way for everybody. So I, I think the, the approach is going to be to mainly play guys in that 4 or 5K range, or 5 to 6K range, rather. And then um, you're going to earn some salary with your defense and your tight end, perhaps, if you don't play Kelsey. And that's going to free up to where you play your uh, all-stars, and, and that's just going to balance out your $50,000 roster. With all that being said, we got four games to get to, so let's do it. Still humping the American dream. That vision of the big winner somehow emerging from the last-minute pre-dawn chaos. Game number one, we have Indianapolis in Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. The over-under is a big 5-7. Um, the highest over-under on the slate by a full touchdown, for the record. Okay, First things first, this game already touched on it a little bit. Marlon Mack, I'm going to be very surprised if he's not the highest-owned player on the slate. So uh, that's the information I'm going to give you. I'm pretty confident he's going to score around 20 or 30 points, possibly even more. He's going to get the carries. He's going to get the workload. He's going to get the ball. They're going to try to keep uh, Pat Mahomes on the sideline by controlling the clock. Marlon Mack is the play. He's the most obvious play here. Now, if you want to fade that, if if you want to just just ignore it, not play it at all, fine. I get it because he is going to be super high on. I'm going to guess somewhere around 70% on the full four-game slate. But just know that if he's that high on and he does get 30 points, you will lose. You will lose every time, and there's nothing you can do about it. But, hey, there it is, man. Um, Marlon Mack, I think he's a great play. I'm probably going to plug him in 100%. Um, maybe not quite that much, but probably I, I I'm probably just going to run like three lineups, man. So I'll probably put him in all three of them. That's really the way it's going to be. With that being said, Hines might be a masterful pivot off of Mack. But keep in mind that the reason why it would be a masterful pivot is because he did not register a single carry or reception in last week's wild card game. Uh, apparently, the coaching staff said they they were essentially just playing the hot hand in Marlon Mack, and that's why Naheem Hines didn't get it. But why would they stop doing that now? Why why would they stop that? Isn't he just going to do it again this week? I think so. I really do. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm staying Marlon Mack. I'm not I'm not messing with Naheem Hines. Uh, like I said, there's really no need to pay down for a running back when there's no one to pay up for. So, I mean, it it, it just seems kind of silly to me, but some asshole is probably going to win a million dollars by playing Naheem Hans because that's the way this works, you know? But there it is, man. All I can do is lay out the, the, the chess pieces on the table for you, man. You got to sort them out. Looking at the actual game itself, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time looking for value plays because, well, again, we don't need them. You don't need value plays. I, that, that's the one thing I want to bring home in this podcast. You do not need to chase value plays. You shouldn't need to. If you need to play a guy under 4K, you should probably just start your whole lineup over because it's wrong. You you just, you just should not need it. Uh, obviously, defense is under 4K. A tight end outside of Travis Kelsey under 4K. But besides those positions... You just don't need to do it. So I would have to imagine that this game is going to garner a pretty decent amount of offensive skill player ownership, uh, just because it is the highest over under by a full touchdown. So we're going to be looking at who we think is going to score the touchdowns, and do you truly believe it is going to be the highest scoring game? Kind of like last week with the Texans and the Colts. Um, you know, if you start the Colts in that game, you did all right. If you start the Texans. I mean, well, Deshaun Watson did actually end up outscoring Andrew Luck by a little bit. But Marlon Mack was the key. So I, I really just don't like the idea of playing up for Kelsey because then you kind of do need to look for a value play. Um, and unless you really just don't. I mean, I would rather play Tyree Hill over Travis Kelsey. I think Tyree Kill has a good chance to get behind this Colts defense and make some big plays happen. Uh, possibly even like catch a slant and, and run it back etc, etc. I, I just like him to score the fantasy points in this offense. Damian Williams is barely cheaper than Marlon Mack, but he is a little cheaper. I mean, pff, that could be the master pivot off Marlon Mack right there. Marlon Mack is going to crush him in terms of ownership. If you pivot to Damian Williams and he outscores Marlon Mack uh, by 20 points or so, let's just say Marlon Mack I don't know, let's say he twists his ankle in the first quarter and Ahim Hines gets all the work and then you've got Damian Williams sitting there. I mean, that, that's the path to money right there, dude. Now, if we're playing the simulation game, like I'll say, let, let's say we could in theory simulate this game 100 times. I'm relatively confident Marlon Mack is going to outscore Damian Williams on roughly 90 of those games. But, man, that leaves those 10. And one of those 10 might be the game that plays out on Saturday. So, all I can do is put the chess pieces on the table, man. That's all I can do. Looking at your QBs, Luck is 6,200. Mahomes is 7,000. I do think Mahomes is going to have to do more in his offense. Uh, Whereas Andrew Luck, I think, is going to hand it off to Marlon Mack a lot. But he could still be the one that has to score the touchdowns. Um, Eric Ebron could be a sneaky good play for that, by the way, for getting touchdowns. I think Mahomes will end up outscoring Luck, but just barely. And I I don't know, man. I, I feel good about playing either one of them, honestly. And I don't feel like you need to save salary necessarily by going down to Luck. But if it happens to work out that way, I don't think you should feel bad about playing Andrew Luck. I think, the, I, think I would do this game like this. I think I'd play Andrew Luck, Marlon Mack, Eric Ebron, Tyreek Hill, and then move on. That is, if I'm looking to do a game stack of the game. Obviously, you don't want to play four players. It becomes a game stack if you play four players. That's I don't know. That's just the way it works, man. I would say three or more it becomes somewhat of a game stack. As far as who's going to win and who's going to lose, man, it's interesting because the Chiefs do have this aura... Uh, with them and Andy Reid playing really good in the regular season and then losing in the postseason. But this is Patrick Mahomes' first start, man. The heat, that legacy is not on him. This is a fresh start. You know, this is kind of a way for them to start a fresh chapter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, But the Colts have been hot, man. They've been streaking. They're a good football team. This is going to be a good game. It really is. Um, I I do think that the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Colts keep it close. I'm going to say the Chiefs win 24-21. to 21. The game does not quite hit the over, and the Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship. Moving on to the late Saturday game, that is the Rams hosting the Cowboys. The Rams are a seven-point home favorite. The over-under is 50. Almost feel like home should be in quotation marks there because I'm pretty confident there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans, but eh, that's besides the point. I mean, here's the the main question in this game. All right, is it Todd Gurley or is it Ezekiel Elliott? Because I don't think you should play both, but I definitely think you should play one. Todd Gurley is 8,000. Ezekiel Elliott is 8.2. Here's the thing with Todd Gurley, though. He kind of fluttered off at the end of the season. Now, were they resting him? Were they saving him just for the playoffs? Or does he truly have some type of knee problems, some type of knee injury? Um, He has been cleared off the injury report, just not listening to his all with his knee anymore. Um. So, I mean, it should be all systems go as far as that's concerned. But you still have to kind of wonder, like, is he he really 100%? Is he really the Todd Gurley that we're used to seeing? Is he really that guy... That's capable of getting a touchdown on any play and capable of finishing any game with four touchdowns. I think you also have to factor in that Sean McVay and the Rams are under a tremendous amount of pressure uh, after being knocked out of the playoffs in the divisional round last year and then having another tremendous regular season this year. They need to get to that NFC championship game. I mean, I mean, not they're not going to try to win every game anyway, but I mean, there's definitely got, there's got to be a sense of urgency there. And, he Sean McVay has got to know that Todd Gurley is the key to victory. Jared Goff is only going to get you so far. I mean, Jared Goff, he's, he might not be an awful quarterback. He's certainly not what you would call a bust. But he's not the guy that's going to go out there and throw it 50 times and you're going to win the game because you put the game on his shoulder and he got it done. That's not your guy, Jared Goff, man. It's just not. Uh, Dak Prescott isn't that guy either. They're, both of these teams are going to be looking to give their stud running back the ball 30 times. And both could end up having tremendous games. Both have to go against pretty decent defenses. Um, But Ezekiel Elliott's going to have an easier time against the Rams. Uh, But honestly, that's a coin flip scenario to me. I think I'm going to end up going slightly heavier on Gurley than Zeke just because you need to take a stand somewhere. But I don't feel super confident about it. Um, Really, I think for me personally, I think the best thing is going to be for them to come pretty close to scoring the same amount of points. Um, but I'll, I'll set it where I can benefit it either way with one outscoring the other because I can see that happening too. As far as wide receivers in this game goes, uh, Amari Cooper's the most expensive one, 6,500. I feel like his ownership is going to be higher than it needs to be because there's going to be so many stupid Cowboy fans that make stupid Cowboy stacks for no reason. Um, so, like, with that being said, I think he's a decent play, but I wouldn't. I, his ownership is going to be higher than it needs to be pretty much. So... It's going to suck if you guys aren't there against a three-touchdown game, but that's going to be the only way that's really going to hurt you is if that were to happen. Unless you play him. I mean, you can play him and benefit from those three-touchdowns too. I wouldn't completely doo-doo on the notion of playing Amari Cooper. I'm just saying that I know there's a lot of Cowboys fans that frankly are of inferior intelligence so they're gonna play their players and stack them up more than they should just because they're stupid cowboy fans man and that's just the way it is they're america's team man Rams squad receivers uh woods and cooks are really close in terms of price i think i would lean towards brandon cooks tight ends uh the rams don't really seem to throw their tight ends much if you play a ram's tight end you're you're really just hoping for a, a touchdown uh jarwin on the Cowboys, he is listed as questionable with an ankle injury. If he doesn't play, I would look to Schultz, Dalton Schultz, at twenty five hundred, to be the guy that gets their tight end targets. So an opportunity to save some salary there. As far as this actual game goes, man, huh? I don't. I, I definitely think it's going to be under. I don't see this game hitting fifty points. I think the final score is going to be seventeen to fourteen, and. I honestly think that America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, is going to win. I think they're going to win because Jared Goff is going to turn the ball over more than Dak Prescott is. So, Cowboys defense, maybe. Maybe. Maybe play the Cowboys defense. I think I like the Saints defense is my favorite defense. We'll get to that in a minute. But... plus. Yeah, dude. I think I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win 17 to 13 and make the NFC Championship. I don't know. I just get this feeling about this Cowboys team that like something stupid is going to happen. I, I do. I don't like it. I don't like the Cowboys, man. But I do. I feel like they're going to win this game and they're going to win a close one. And then all of a sudden people are going to be like, "Oh, Sean McVay really that smart. He must be kind of stupid. He sucks in the playoffs. Oh, and look at Jason Garrett. He's clapping his hands and they win every time. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys see that? Can't you guys see that happening? I see it. we got to win money off of it. If the stupid Cowboys are going to win, we got to win money off of it. So, I mean, I, I do still think Todd Gurley, I mean, if they score 14 points, it's going to be on Todd Gurley's shoulders, though. So, don't don't think just because I'm picking the Cowboys, I definitely think Zeke is going to have a better productive day than Todd Gurley. I still think they're going to score very close to each other. But I do like the Cowboys to win 17-13. Uh, I definitely, definitely would like to bet on the Cowboys with a 7-point uh, spread? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, I just feel like that's a little bit, I think, I just feel like seven points is a little bit disrespectful to this Cowboys squad. Who's, their, their team is built in a way where you're just not going to blow them out. Dak Prescott's not going to turn the ball over. They're going to play solid defense. And, you know, I think I'm kind of talking in circles right now because I want to talk myself out of this. But is just the way I see it, man. Cowboys win 17-14. to 14. Let's move on to Sunday. We got the Chargers in New England. The Patriots are a four-point favorite. The over-under is the lowest of the weekend, 47 points. Now, about this game, this game is very intriguing to me. The most intriguing game of the—I think all these matchups are really good, actually, but this is the one that's most intriguing to me personally because I do think the Chargers have what it takes to stop New England Patriots and Tom Brady. First and foremost, you've got to be able to slow down the run game. Got to. Secondly, you've got to be able to bring pressure with your front four. Check. And lastly, you've got to be able to play man-to-man coverage with your DBs and just lock everything down, get to Tom Brady, make him make quick decisions, make him make the wrong decision. The Chargers have it. The Chargers have the defense to go into New England and win this game. I know it. I know they do. So it's going to come down to... Does Phillip Rivers, does Melvin Gordon, does this Chargers offense have what it takes to score points and take down Tom Brady? You just I don't even think they got to score that many points. I think 21, 24 points will be plenty. I'm not ever going to openly suggest playing a defense in New England in the snow. That's another thing. The weather. The Chargers are getting relatively lucky in terms of weather. Uh, the precipitation is calling for 0%, so there shouldn't be any snow, any bullcrap like that. It will be 29 degrees, but, I mean, it, it's New England, dog. It's going to be cold. You just got to get over it. You're getting lucky there's going to be no snow. It should be a relatively, this is partly cloudy. Whatever, man. That's good. Weather is, I mean, it's cold, so it's still an advantage to England in terms of weather, but I would say that's a win for the Chargers just because it's going to be a dry cold. Melvin Gordon is 6.2. Keenan Allen is six point four. I don't see any reason why you can't play Todd Gurley slash Ezekiel Elliott with Marlon Mack and then Melvin Gordon. I don't. I don't see why you shouldn't be able to make that happen with that price. Um, and really, you could even look at it as Melvin Gordon versus Keenan Allen. Who do we think is going to score more points between those two? I see their projected ceilings, and they're really, really their fantasy projections are t- pretty identical based on the chart that I'm looking at. Uh, it does give a slight edge to Melvin Gordon and he's also slightly cheaper, but keep in mind that when you play Melvin Gordon, that fills out a running back or flex slot. When you play Keenan Allen, that fills out a wide receiver slot, which on this particular slate seems like it's a little bit harder to fill out. So, uh, mm, that, that's actually a pretty tough decision, man. I don't think you really go wrong either way. Uh, one of them could end up significantly outscoring the other. But, honestly, I can't call it. Um, I, I do think the the Chargers are going to try to run the ball a lot and keep Tom Brady off the field. So, if you want me to make a decision, I will pick um, Melvin Gordon. The problem with Melvin Gordon is he has this knee injury that just keeps on coming back and coming back. And we, we saw him leave the game last week and then come back again. So, like, I mean, you know it's playoff time. So, you know that he's, he's, he's ready to go out there and be a warrior and fight no matter what, man. And I like that. But... At the end of the day, man, injuries are injuries, and no matter how much of a tough guy you are, if you're out there limping on a leg, they're going to put an Austin Eckler for you anyway, dude. As far as Patriots skill players go, um, Chris Hogan has been like the playoff goat for the Patriots for the past two years. Uh, maybe he shows out again and gets it done in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, there's Chris Hogan again because it's January. That's definitely something to consider. It definitely is. Gronk has gotten like ridiculously cheap, 4600 for a tight end. I still think I'd feel more comfortable paying the extra 900 for Eric Ebron, but if it comes down to a salary issue and I can't buy Eric Ebron, but I can go down and, and get Gronk, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm certainly not going to feel bad about getting Gronk at 4600 in a playoff game where Tom Brady's going to need him and look to him, and that's going to be his kind of security blanket. Yeah, certainly, certainly not at all. Um, Patriots running backs, I probably like Michelle Overwhite. But again, Patriots running backs—they—they—they they, they piss me off. Honestly, they've been pissing me off all year. I'm, ah, you, there. You go. You know the drill with the Patriots running backs, man. You know the drill with them. White is two hundred cheaper than Michelle. They're a uh, forty-nine hundred. Michelle is forty-seven hundred. White is forty-nine hundred. So mm, I probably like Michelle over White. I think I say that every week, though, and sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm right. And Chris Hogan's only 3900 by the way, so if you do need to pay down for a cheap wide receiver, I, that's the guy that I would pick probably out of everybody in all these games is Chris Hogan. Uh, I'll be pretty surprised if he just goes out there and gets a straight-up zero, and he could potentially get a multiple touchdown and over a 100 yard receiving day, and I don't think anyone's going to really bat an eye about it. As far as the actual game goes... Man, I really I want the Chargers to win this game. I do. And I think they're going to keep it really close. Their defense is going to do it. Uh, Phillip Rivers might even score a touchdown to go up at the end. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady is going to do Tom Brady things. I like the Patriots to win, uh, we'll say, 24 to 21 over the Chargers. Meaning that the Chargers, I, I do like the Chargers to cover the four-point spread but still lose, essentially. And I like for the game to be under. So that, that's the important part of that prediction. 24-21 is just a number. But I think the Chargers are going to lose by less than four points, and the over-under will be under on uh, 47. Last of the weekend is the Saints hosting the Eagles. The Saints are an eight-point home favorite. Over-under is 51 uh, how long do I have to disrespect Nick Foles and the Eagles? I don't know, man. I'm going to do it again this week. The the Saints are the defense I'm going with. Uh, Saints defense and Alvin Kamara. Because remember how we said some of the running backs are too cheap earlier? Um, Yeah, Alvin Kamara is one of them. 7300 That's a little too cheap for him. It just He needs to be eight k or higher uh, no matter what. But I get it, though. They, they priced down Elliott and Gurley, so they had to price down Kamara as well. It wouldn't make sense for Kamara to be the same price as those two. Uh, then I would have no interest in Kamara. So I I, kind of get what DraftKings is doing here with their pricing. Actually, I really don't. I don't understand why the running backs are so damn cheap. I really don't get it. But I get it in the sense that I understand that Kamara is cheaper because those other two guys are cheaper. But, like, man, I will say this, though, dude. I I say that I feel confident about playing this Saints defense in Alvin Kamara, but there's just something about this Nick Foles Philadelphia Eagles team, and it's like I feel like I'm kind of taking crazy pills. Doesn't anyone
0: notice that?
1: Because I'm starting to think that I'm the only person that realizes that Nick Foles might be a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. (sighs) What? What? Did he say that? You can't say that. Carson Wentz was taken number two overall. He was like the best rookie ever. He's only been subdued due to injuries. Well, this year, uh, Nick Foles had to win like three games in a row just to barely get into the playoffs ass backwards. And then he wins the first playoff game and it's just like deal with it. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, if if Nick Foles goes into New Orleans and wins this game, he's the best quarterback in Philadelphia Eagles history, and it's not even close. Like, I mean, is, is that a crazy statement? Am, am I? Am I? And they're, they're talking about just letting him walk out the door for nothing, and he's going to be on some other team next year. They don't want him. They hate this guy. What is this? Am I the only one that sees this? And, ah. Vegas clearly doesn't give a damn about any of that. Eight-point favorite for the Saints? The Saints are the best team in the NFC. I, I agree. I, I think they are. But they are the team that is most deserving of going to the Super Bowl. But this is the NFL, my God. That's not how it works. It works like Big Stick Nick goes up in there, and he just throws that football down your throat for three hours and just says, what up, bitch? And then he walks out of there with a victory, and then he goes and gets a Philly cheesesteak for free for the rest of his life. So, like, I don't know, man. The, the math, the logic... All that stuff tells me to use Alvin Kamara on the Saints' defense because the Eagles, in theory, just shouldn't have a chance because they're eight-point underdogs. The the Saints have the better roster, but uh, they have Drew Brees. They have this this really good defense. that can force turnovers and make things frustrating. They have Alvin Kamara. They have all they have all this all this stuff. They're at home. The crowd's gonna be crazy. All this stuff. But the Eagles have Nick Foles. The Eagles have Nick Foles, and that literally should strike fear in everyone's body. Because this guy has just this magical godlike aura about him, and he's going to somehow win this game, isn't he? He's going to do it. I can't predict it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick the Eagles. I'm still. I'm still suggesting to play the Saints defense here. But my God, how many times does this guy got to do it? How many times does this guy got to go out there and perform like he's the best quarterback on the field against anybody? Granted, last week he's going against Mitch Trubisky, but he had to go against Khalil Mack and that Bears defense. And he just, frankly, got out there and got the job done. Uh, Darren Sproles rushed the ball 13 times last week. Only got five and a half points. If he carries the ball 13 times this week, he will have more than five and a half points. Guaranteed. Go right back to Darren Sproles. He's my favorite play on the Eagles. Ertz, I still like Ebron over Ertz. Uh, as, As far as other players on the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar, because the Saints have trouble guarding receivers of his type. Although, I do remember specifically uh, stating that before they played the Saints in the regular season, and Nelson Askol went out there and got zero points. But that was before Big Stick Nick stepped up and took control of the wheel, man. So, like, do uh, we just throw that matchup out the window? This game actually frustrates me. This is the one game that kind of pisses me off, to be honest. Like, I wish I just didn't have to deal with this game just because the Eagles, the Eagles are just trolling us with this Nick Foles thing. They just are. They're trolling me anyway. I hate it. I should probably mention that uh, Mark Ingram... Is what I think he's fifty two hundred. Yeah, Markinger is fifty two hundred. So I mean that that's a good pivot off Alvin Kamara. Uh, I I see that just as viable playing uh, Ingram with the Saints defense as Kamara, particularly if they were to get a big lead. I think they would lean on Markinger to kind of put the game away at the end. So there is that factor to it. Uh, I'm going to predict the Saints to win like thirty one to ten. All right. And you know what? I think it's stupid. It's, uh, if I had to give a confidence rating on it, it was like, it would be like 0.5%. Because I'm going against Big Dick Nick, and he's the guy that's got the biggest confidence meter and, and and the biggest thing between his legs that anyone's ever had to deal with in the entire NFL, apparently. Because this dude just simply gets it done. He's the most disrespected quarterback in Eagles history just because they, they, they want to get rid of him, even though he won them a Super Bowl. I don't know if the fans really feel that way, but the organization seems to be treating him that way. Yeah. Saints win 31-10. to Nick Foles looks stupid. The Nick Foles thinks, and Nick Foles is going to be in Jacksonville next year. Probably not, but that would be fun, right? And there you go. That's how I feel about this weekend's games. So that's going to pretty much do it for this weekend's edition of the Fantasy Room. Uh, For the record, by the way, Tariq Cohen never returned a punt back for a touchdown this season. Feels bad, man. I... have <sighs> I can't dwell on that, though, right? The guy's just so fast. Look at him. Have you ever seen this guy, like, move and run with a football in his hands? It's incredible. How does he not get a touchdown every time? I don't know. Um, anyway, though, we'll be back next week for the final four edition of the Fantasy Guy. Probably have it out on Friday as well. And uh, that's it, man. Keep rocking and rolling. Hopefully, you can put together some lineups. Hopefully, uh, nothing too stupid happens this weekend. And hopefully you come back next week. See you back, guys.